Trading Nut, episode 82. I think it's important that you understand how to read a price chart, no matter what type of trader you're going to be, whether you're going to use indicators or not. If you can't understand the basics of a price chart, you're going to kind of be like the old school me, where I'm a trend-following trader that can't identify a trend. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial trading or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders, welcome to another installment of the Trading Nut Podcast. I'm your host Cam Hawkins and today we've got Akil Stokes on the show. Now, Akil's from Tier 1 Trading. You're going to hear his backstory, you're going to hear how he trades, you're going to find out a lot of tips and tricks for uh, any trader out there if you're experienced or not. This guy's going to share his wealth of knowledge here in the next 40 odd minutes. Then after that, you can jump onto the YouTube channel and just get blown away by his breakdown of a price chart. He talks us through a couple, I think one or two trades, where he breaks things down step by step. This is such a good video, guys. Go and check that out after the show. Now, this is you're going to see candles on the chart. You're going to see other things on the chart. Now, if you're thinking about automating any of the stuff that you do around candlesticks, around indicators, then head over to my tradingnut.com site. Check out the Robot Builders Club. I teach you how to build a trading robot in 21 days. Uh, not just one. You can build basically any trading robot. Don't know much about robots? Don't worry about it. Head over there anyway because I've got a 14-day free trial of my Robot Traders Club where you're going to get access to uh, at least one trading robot and you're going to be able to try it out, see if it's for you or not. All right, folks, without further ado, let's get on with the show here with Akil Stokes. All right, folks, we've got Akil Stokes here from Tier 1 Trading on the Trading Up podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Akil. How are things over there, east coast of the United States? Things are good. They're, they're, they're getting better. They're as good as they could be given the, the worldwide situation we're in. But uh, I'm not complaining, spending lots of time with the family and, and being productive. So and alive and healthy. Um, yeah. so I'm, I'm happy. I, I, I rang up a mate um, yesterday who lives in Kentucky and he, was, uh, he looked like he was celebrating with his, with his neighbors. So they've obviously got <laughs> some sort of freedom there where they can go and interact with people. They, they're all having they're slowly allowing us out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, well, look, today we're going to find out a bit about your story, how you got into trading and uh, where you got to where you are now, and then go into some of the details around what you're doing on the charts and that sort of thing. So um, to start off with, do you want to give the listeners a, a, a view on how you first started off? What got you interested in this? Sure. And I, I'll, I'll try to keep this as short as possible. I tend to get long-winded, but um, I, I've always had an interest in the in just being financially educated, uh, my dad did a good job of teaching me that as a, a young child, just, uh, you know, what money is, how to value it, how you earn it, and really slowly working me up from savings account and you know, back when we used to make interest in a savings account to money market to certificate of deposits. And it got to the point where I had graduated uh, college. I, I had some money saved up. Um, I'm a very frugal person that I've essentially worked my entire life and, and never really spent a lot of money. So I had money and I said, hey, what should I do with it. And that's when he introduced me to the, the stock market. He said, well, the next, the next, uh, I guess, step in your investment education is learning how to invest. So 
I got my feet wet in the stock market. Um, at the same time, I actually ran into a mentor who was, uh, I later found out he's this millionaire real estate investor and, and uh, has um, exposure to the markets as well. And he kind of took me under his belt and mentored me. And then what happened was, you know, I just started doing it originally because it was a place for me to put my money. But as I got more involved with it, I, I fell in love with the game. I really became passionate about it. Um, I, I found out that I was actually quite good at it as well. And at the time it was the recession was starting here in the US. I couldn't get a job. I was working three kind of odd jobs and going to grad school. And I said, hey, why not give this a shot and, and, and try to make this something that you can live off of? And um, I guess a little bit naive, I, I kind of fell victim to, uh, to all the things you hear on the internet about, you know, it's a get rich quick scheme. And I, and I ended up transitioning to Forex because I was told you can make more money with less money in less time. And I was like, Ooh, I'm a good stock trader. I'll just make millions in Forex. And as you can imagine, was humbled pretty quickly. Um, but I stuck with it again. It was, I was passionate about it. I knew that I could be good. Um, it just took some time to kind of accept that, I had to do things the right way. I had to kind of change my mindset on what trading was. And in all honesty, I, I needed help. I needed to find someone to help me through the process. Cool. So, so that, that first mentor that you had, he was the one that just stoked the fire, really, wasn't he? You didn't learn anything specific from him or, or did he teach you how to, how to do a few things? He, he, taught, me, uh, he taught me how to invest. And I, I knew nothing about in, investing. And I really just used common sense. And, and that was his approach as well. He, he wasn't big on watching the news or reading reports and, and going through stuff like that. It, it was common sense, right? Use your brain one in one equal two. So I'll give you an example. The first, the first stock I bought was Apple. Uh, this was back like a million splits ago. It was like $99. And I didn't know anything about Apple. Um, all I knew that was on, on the college campus. This is when cell phones were getting popular. Um, dating myself a little bit. This is when everyone had an iPod. And I just heard Apple was putting together this thing where, hey, you're going to have this cell phone that can put music on it. So it was basically both. And I'm like, well, that just makes sense. And I invested in Apple and ended up investing in a few other companies that made parts for Apples. And um, that was kind of his, his method as, as well. Um, funny story, I, I, the, the way I met him um, was because he was my girlfriend at the time, wife now, kind of like her grandfather figure. Um. So you know, her mom, and she would always tell him that I had this kind of business mindset. And I did, I've always had this kind of entrepreneur spirit, but he brought me in basically to vet me. He wanted to make sure I was good enough for his granddaughter. So he kind of sat me down and, and you know, gave me the hard talk and, and the hard questions and realized that me and him were a lot more similar than, uh, than he thought. And that kind of kind of kicked our relationship off. And I, I literally just sat in his office and just, you know, fly on the wall, paid attention to conversations, listened to what he was doing. And really just sponged off them. Um, I'm very grateful for that opportunity. And so moving into the, the Forex world, I mean, it sounds like he may not have been the mentor that you had during that time. I mean, how did that, how did that set up? I've had guys on the show before where the transitions happen, you know, stocks, the Forex, and they say it's like a completely different beast. Uh, it's, you know, markets move differently. You've got to relearn everything. It's almost like a complete new learning curve other than obviously the basics. I mean, how did that play out for you? It was nothing like I expected. And, and keep in mind, um, I knew nothing. I'm a technical trader now, so I use the charts, technical analysis. I knew nothing about technical analysis before, aside from I would look at a line chart to see how, you know, how high or how low the price went. Um, and Forex was different. It was, 
it's faster, it's, it's more aggressive, it has a different personality, the stock market is very trendy. Um, so, you know, if everything's going well, you can pretty much buy, buy anything and it'll go up. And, you know, I always look back at my stock career and I actually I wonder how good was I actually, or did I just get lucky? Um, the Forex was different. Um, you have to be skilled and it really took it took a long time to learn that skill, but even longer for me to change my mindset and kind of accept that, hey, I've got to start over from ground zero after having success, humble myself and, and really approach things like a complete newbie. And, you know, being the stubborn person I am, that, that was a very difficult adjustment. And, and so, so how did you do it? I mean, what, was the, what were the steps that you took? Well, I failed a lot. Uh, <laughs> I failed a lot. I donated a lot to the money or a lot to the market for, uh, I like to call it, I donated towards future education. Uh, so I blew a lot of money in the market, but learned some things from it. Um, I read a lot of books. I went on YouTube. I, I Things really didn't change until I got a mentor. Um, I got a mentor by accident. I, I was, you know, at this time I had quit my job. So I quit my jobs. I thought I was going to be um, a professional Forex trader. I was going to learn it in like a month and everything was going to be great. And it just wasn't going that way. Um, but I guess the positive was I had, you know, 18 hours a day to work on my craft. So I was everywhere you could think of. And I ran into a website of a, a person who had one. Actually, I ran into a FX Trader magazine. I read an article. And in this article was a guy who had placed a second or third in his trading competition. And it had his, his link and his information. I went to his website and it had this thing called a free trader assessment. So I took it. And I didn't expect to hear anything from it. I just, you know, I had nothing better to do and I filled it out. And lo and behold, I got a call that night. And um, this is how, you know, you can tell it was a little bit of fate. I rarely answer calls that I don't know, especially at this time when it's probably bill collectors and whatnot, wanting something. Um, but something about it told me to answer. And I, I picked up, it was him. And, and he had a conversation uh, with me about my trading, kind of asking what I was doing. And it was the first time when I realized that I didn't know what I was doing. I tried to BS him. He asked me a question, well, how do you enter a trade? Well, sometimes, usually, most of the time. Well, give me an example. Well, it, it kind of has to do this. It, it kind of sort of, I didn't have any clear answers. And he just slowly kept backing me into the corner, backing me into the corner until I ran out of excuses. And it was at that moment when I realized, I'm like, man, I, I really don't know what I'm doing. And, it, and and, and for what, the first what, time, I needed help. What, what exactly were you doing? I mean, can, can you explain to the listeners from a technical point of view? I mean, what things on the chart were you looking at and, and trying out? I, I was somewhere different every week. Um, so I was I was drawing trend lines and pivot points and Fibonacci's and breakouts, but I had them on all different type of time frames. So if you can imagine, my my chart looked like a colorful rain, rainbow. I had red lines from the daily, blue lines from the four hour, green lines from the hourly going all types of different directions. And it was just a mess. And I feel like each week I was trading something different, whatever I read on the internet, but never trading anything with consistency. And and I I just really wasn't doing anything. I I was going off of hope and feel and just consistently losing because of that. Getting lucky sometimes, but I would get lucky just enough to kind of and give me a false sense of motivation to put more money into the account and blow some more. And then lo and behold, the market suckered me again and it took it from me. It's just and, and, a consistent and, and, routine of that. At that time, how, how much money were you sort of putting in and, and testing things out with? About three to 5,000 at a time. Um, and, and I would always say this, I, I would, I would tell myself, Hey, I'm going to do, I'm going to do demo. I'm going to do it the right way. Once I become good at demo, then I'll go, I'll go live. And, like most demo account traders, I started winning right away. And I'm like, well, I'm wasting my time on this demo. I could be making real money. And then I, real money, then all of a sudden, psh, 
smack in the face. So um, I never blew an account totally. Um, I was smart enough to kind of, you know, like, come on, Akil, stop doing that. Um, but it was consistently kind of put in a thousand dollars here, put in two thousand dollars there, lose some, put in three thousand, and it was just a mess. It was a mess. And, and so, so you, you know, you found this mentor. He sort of pulled out the facts that you know you you weren't doing what you should have been doing. I mean, what 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 happened after that? How did you how did you eventually find success? Well, I, I would love to say that um, you know I, I paid for a course with him um, and, and took his educational course, and I would love to say that things were great. I continued to struggle for about a year. And it was the mindset, you know, he, in hindsight, he laid down everything that I was supposed to do. Talk to me about trading psychology, um, rules-based trading, if then syntax where everything kind of follows a rules-based guideline and you're taking your emotions out of it. Um, and I just didn't follow it. I, I went in with the mentality of, okay, now I'm paying for training. Let's just hop to the strategies. Let's find a get rich quick scheme. Just show me what I can do to make money. And I would start trading some of the strategies he would, he would teach me with no foundational knowledge. And I'll, and I'll give you an example. I was trading. This is a, another wake up call. I was supposed to be a trend continuation trader, right? Hop on the trend. The trend is your friend until it ends all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. And I got asked a question one day by someone random on the internet. I said, they, they were like, Hey, uh, Kiel, what, uh, what trend is the Euro dollar daily on? And I was like, Hmm, I don't know. And it, and it hit me. I'm a trend. I'm supposed to be a trend following trader. I can't even identify the trend because I, I just skipped over all the, the stuff that I didn't feel was important. And I went straight to the strategy and that was another wake up call. And I just kind of went back, reset, eventually did things the right way. Um, had a long conversation with myself in the mirror um, and got on the right track. And so, so how did that right track work out for you? I mean, you had the long conversation. I mean, how did things gradually turn around? Cause I think what, what a lot of the listeners like to hear is, you know, when they're in that, they're all, a lot of them are on that journey, right? And yeah. they're trying to get to that point where things finally click. It's finally happening for them. I mean, what can you tell them that's going to help them get, get there a bit quicker? I found success when I stopped shooting myself in the foot. And that's what, what, what I began to notice is that even after I did things the right way, I was still struggling and I would always go back and reevaluate myself. And um, I do everything like most traders do. I blame the system, blame the broker, blame the markets, blame everyone else and, and never accept, you know, blame for myself. And I finally did. I finally did it. I was in a kind of a dark place where I was running out of capital. Um, and for the first time I started, you know, reality hit that, hey, trading may not work for you. Like right? your nest egg that you put away is running out. You're going to have to go back to working the three jobs. I worked with kids that had mental and behavioral health concerns. I was a track coach and I was a janitor at night cleaning toilets. So it, it, you can imagine it wasn't a life that I wanted to go back to. Um, and I was scared. And I remember I, I told myself in this kind of last stand, I said, you know what, you know, I, I paid for this mentorship. I paid for this coaching. I still haven't been following what he was saying the way I was supposed to. Akil, just, we're just going to do things the right way for the next, I think, four months, whatever like that. And then at least you can say that you, you gave it a good try. And I'd be happy with that. And when I started looking over my results, trying to figure out what was wrong with my trading, I noticed that I wasn't really bad at finding good trading opportunities. I wasn't really bad at placing stop losses, placing targets. You know, obviously there's room to grow in all those aspects, but I wasn't horrible at it. And I'm trying to figure out, well, what's the problem? 
And the problem was I just kept making mistakes. I would take targets early. I would move stops back. I would enter prematurely. I would get scared because of a previous trade that lost and not enter the next trade. And I started tallying up all my mistakes. And before I, I noticed, I had like a list of 20 for the month. So when the new year started, I had a simple goal. I said, I'm just going to eliminate my mistakes. Each month, I'm going to make one less mistake, at least one less mistake than the month before. So in January, I made 20 mistakes. The goal for February is to make no more than 19. And I was fully just focused on the process. Again, I didn't care about P&L because I just figured I wasn't going to make it anyway. It was all process oriented. And I remember this was the, the funniest thing ever. I, I did this and I was, I was doing well and I was consistently um, eliminating those mistakes. And I remember I got to a month and I got an email and the email was from my broker and it was, you know, the whole P&L sheet. And I knew the routine. I check it at the bottom. It's red and blah, 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 you know, but this time it was, there was no parentheses. There was no red ink. And I'm like, <laughs> like what? And I remember I shot them an email and I'm like, um, excuse me. I, I think you gave me the wrong statement because there's no way I'm profitable. I've never been profitable. And they said, you know, Jill Stokes, your social security number, like this is you. I'm like, yeah. And that's when it hit me. I, I was profitable for the first time and I wasn't even thinking about it. And not thinking about the money, not thinking about the outcome, as I call it, freed me up to do things the right way. And lo and behold, just as my mentor always told you, right, if you do things the right way, you'll get the results that you want. And, and that was that was it. I haven't looked yeah. back since. I, I love that. Absolutely love that mistakes thing. I don't think we've ever heard that here on the show is like literally telling up your mistakes. Um, and it just like for me, straight away, I go like I was trading last night and, you know, I can probably pull out two mistakes from that trading situation. I only took two trades. Uh, both were winners, but still they weren't perfect trades in terms of the first one. I'd missed the entry and I decided to take the market order because it was only one pip out from where I'd enter anyway and price hadn't moved. And I was like, okay. And that went, that went to my target. I could have taken it at my target, but I thought at the time I was like, oh, maybe it will go to the, the, the further target that I've set. And so I was like, oh, Let's just see. And I, I mean, it cost me two pips. But if I'd just taken the first target, I would have been done. I would have, you know, earned that two pips. The second trade, the, um, I start, entered the trade. It started going in my direction straight away. So that was the, it was a good entry. But then my wife called me away and wanted to have this long conversation. And I'm like, hang on a sec. I'm in a trade here. Um, I, I've got to get back to the charts. And so I'm like, I eventually come up with an excuse to, to leave the conversation. I'm like, oh, I've got to. I've got a sore throat. I think I need some water and go back. And I'm like quickly on there. I'm like, Oh, it's just gone and hit my target and gone back to almost break even. But I, one thing I did right was I just exited. I didn't like carry on. I just exited the trade. But once again, if I was noting down the number of mistakes I make, and when I look back, there's tons of them, absolutely tons of them. So I, I love that. I think that's great sort of takeaway for anyone listening. Um, how many mistakes are you, are you actually, actually making in your trading? Uh, because I've never looked at it that way. I'm actually possibly going to do that myself. Now, um, so you, you got this green thing back from the broker. I mean, what did, uh, what, what happened after that? I mean, what were the next few months like? They were great. Um, I, I really believed in what I was doing. I, I, again, that was the, it was a light bulb moment where I believed I had confidence again. I, I kind of understood now that, you know, not every trade wins. It's a game of probabilities and risk management. And if you do things the right way, you'll get the, the long-term results. And I took off from there and um, I got started. Well, 
I, I needed to, tr I needed to turn my trading into a business. So I wasn't, I didn't have enough capital where I can just quit, quit everything and, and, and go full time. I was still running out of money. Um, so I needed to turn trading into a business. So I went on to manage money. I started offering the opportunity to manage uh, accounts for other traders. And um, it was, it, that was, that was rough as well. Um, it was a lot of no's, no, 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 no. Every excuse in the world. Um, I'm not like a very social outgoing person. Like I'm, I'm social, but I'm not one of those people that can just go up and talk to anyone. So it was already outside of my comfort zone and I had no confidence and um, I, it was, it was, it was rough. Um, but eventually I, I did get one. Yes. Um, I remember I, I took a train up to New York city. I'm like, I'm going all this way just to be told no. And, um, went through the whole spiel and, and thought I was going to hear no. And, and the guy basically ended up giving me about four times what I originally asked for. Um, and, and came back home with like a, a quarter mil in my pocket. And it was the, the scariest moment of my life. Cause I'm in the train station in New York with like a big old check. And I'm like, I'm already paranoid. <laughs> so I'm thinking I'm going to get robbed. And, um, that allowed me to take my skill of trading and, and turn it into a business. Now yeah. that I hated the experience of money management, but it, it was a, you know, it was a, I don't want to say it's a necessary experience. I'm, I'm glad I did it. It, it gave me a, a chance to figure out what I didn't want to do with this skill. And like diving into the, 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 I suppose your approach to the charts. I mean, what, what was the final thing you landed on that actually worked for you? I was actually, um, well, at this point, I was trading another trend continuation strategy. Um, so I was trying to look for pullbacks in the market um, and then hop on for the next extension. Um, that was the main strategy I was trading. I was doing some uh, pattern stuff as well, so advanced patterns, but that was, I was really still in the learning process of that. So essentially being a pullback trader, uh, identifying a market that is in trend, waiting for a little bit of relief and, and looking for the next opportunity to hop on board the move up. Yeah, hey, cool. And and what sort of things were you using to to like identify trend and and um, work out how to get into the trades? Just candlesticks. Um, just candlesticks. So candlesticks. Um, I do use a, an RSI, a relative strength index, but pretty much just naked trading. I did use moving averages for a little bit of time, uh, but as I got as I got better with just identifying trends by reading the ebbs and flows in the market, um, moving averages had less and less impact on me. And then they eventually exited my setup. They were just noise. And, and how did you, how did you eventually land on that particular approach? Really? It was another trust thing. Um, I went through a lot of different ways of, of trading and none of them, I didn't really believe in a lot of them. So I, I traded some systems. I traded moving averages. I traded lots of indicators and I would always question myself. I would always say, Hey, the, the indicator told me to do this but I don't really agree with it. And then it was kind of that dilemma where it's like, do I follow my heart? Do I follow the indicator? And of course I would follow the indicator. And, but when it would lose, I would, I would always be like, well, Keel, I, I knew you shouldn't have done it. And just, I can tell the confidence wasn't there and it was, it was going to lead to a bad place where I would eventually end up breaking my rules. So I wanted to do something where the bulk of the analysis uh, pressure, if you want to call it was on me. Cause I'm okay losing. Um, I'm okay losing if it's on my terms um, because then I don't question myself. If I can look at a trade setup and say, Hey, I analyzed everything the right way or the way I'm supposed to. I entered the right way. I put targets and stops the, the way I'm supposed to. I can sleep well at night. Um, but if it's something else that's giving me a signal and I don't agree with it, but I have to take it anyway, that's when the mind starts to question it. And that's when the trading psychology starts to, you know, uh, 
I started to become less disciplined that way, I guess you could say. Right, right, right. And so, so if we have a look at your trading now, I mean, what, what does that look like from a statistical point of view? I mean, how many trades are you taking a week, for example? Well, a week really depends on a week. This last year was a very slow year for me. This year has been a, a lot faster. I would say I'm probably taking around about 20 trades a month, so about five a week. Um, obviously, that varies. There are some weeks where I may have like 10 trades in one week. There are some weeks where I may have uh, two. It, it just depends on how the market is moving, but about 20 trades a month. Um, used to be a little bit higher. I think as I've gotten older in trading, I've gotten more aggressive and conservative at the same time, meaning I've gotten more aggressive about how I get involved in trades. I want to get in trades quicker and, and instead of needing more confirmation, but I'm a lot more conservative in the trades that I get into. So I'm only looking for what I consider to be the best of the best possible possibilities. And um, I'm more likely to pass up on okay opportunities that I probably would have taken in the past. And um, that's a part of, you know, amongst many shifts that I've made after becoming uh, a consistently profitable trader. And are you, uh, what, what, sorry, what timeframes are you using to, to analyze the charts? How far do you go down? How far do you go up? So I'm a day trader and a swing trader, uh, mainly swing trading. So the bulk of my analysis on the, you know, I use three time frames, the daily from a higher time frame perspective, and then the four hour and the hourly for my actual trade execution. Um, now I do education at tier one trading. So I, I run a live day trading room there. So I, I do go down to the lower time frames for those educational purposes, um, but mainly a swing trader. If I weren't doing the education thing, I probably wouldn't be day trading at all. And, and what about like your risk to reward ratio? What does that look like? Has to be at least one to one. Uh, obviously I prefer more than that on average. It, it's probably about 1.5 to one. Um, but at least, you know, every trade aside from one particular strategy um, requires a minimum of a one to one risk reward. If I can't get that, I'm, I'm not taking it um, just because of my, my usual hit rate. And are you entering at market limit or stop orders? Mostly uh, at market or limit uh, stop orders. That is something I want to implement in the future. Um, I like the idea of, of doing that. It allows me to be a little bit more aggressive in, in certain cases, um, but either a limit order at a particular price point. Um, if it's a, a certain strategy that just calls for, Hey, this is the zone where it needs to be hit. Um, I want to get involved in that zone. Um, if it's more of a, I guess a more active trading style, they're going to be at market order. So I'm looking for confirmation in the market, looking for that entry signal. And then once I get that entry signal, boom, at market buy or sell, and then set everything else up after that. And uh, instruments, how many instruments are you looking over? Nine mainly. Um, used to be about 12. I, I took a few out. They just weren't doing things that I liked. So I look at nine. Um, I glance at way more than that every day, again, just from the, the coaching perspective, but um, the ones that I actually trade are, are a strong nine. And, and are they, they just the currency pairs or are you sort of branching out to gold and metal, well, metals and commodities and that uh, sort of thing? Just, just currency pairs. I always say I'm going to get back into the stock market. I, I have some hard asset goals. I do have some exposure to stuff like that and, and, and oil as well. Um, it's just tough. I, I, what I found with, with, with teaching is I don't have a lot of time to work on my own trading as much as I uh, – as I want to. Um, so I want to stick to what I know. I want to stick to what I'm good at it and not be in too much of a rush to kind of, I guess, overextend myself. And what does your typical trading day look like? Well, um, I wake up every day about, uh, probably get about five 30. I, I try to do something before trading, some type of 
um, I, I guess, a wake up before I hit the charts. Because what I've noticed that if I wake up and go right to the charts, even though I'm the type that like backflips out the bed and like, oh, let's get the day started. Um, my mind isn't necessarily ready. So I've noticed that I would look at the chart and I would kind of see things that weren't really there and, and maybe get emotional over a trade that was on from overnight and, and just make mistakes. So I spent about a half an hour doing other stuff. It could be some, some yoga. It could be checking emails, uh, social media, checking scores for the day before about 30 minutes, just of another type of wake up before hitting the charts. I then spent about probably about 30 minutes doing a, doing analysis for the day, what I call a pre-market analysis. So going through all my charts, going through my routine, identifying, Hey, what do I need to pay attention to? You know, what orders need to be managed, what I need to do trading wise, eat some uh, breakfast after that. And then I do about three hours or about two hours of live trading every day with uh, people on the platform. So we're going over once again, the same pairs that I went over personally. So I'm, I'm getting that repetition in. And then we're also going over pairs on the lower time frames and other pairs that aren't necessarily in my portfolio. Um, after that, I'm doing business stuff, uploading this, answering emails, chatting with traders, helping them out with um, whatever their issues are. And then really, unless there's something that I need to be actively watching for the rest of the day, um, the rest of my day is free. Um, I'll, I'll do another uh, round of analysis at night just to prepare for the overnight. But Throughout that afternoon section, it's, it's pretty free to do whatever I want, and that's awesome. Uh, I do coach track and field, so during certain parts of the year, I'm, I go to a university and, and, and do that. That gets me kind of human contact, instead yeah, of just yeah. being uh, <laughs> in a chart the whole time. Um, but yeah, it's a lot less time than I think a lot of traders will think, at least newer ones coming into the game. And, and so, I mean, all this chart time that you're putting in, you know, with the educational stuff and, and, and what have you, I mean, are you also looking for more opportunity there like or improving what you're currently doing is that something that factors into what you do i am um again i don't have a lot of time to work on myself as a as a trader i typically take a few months during the summer and december um when things slow down um to kind of focus on what i call continue education to work on different strategies or different tweaks to what i'm currently doing um but not a lot of time during the day it, it's usually helping other people. Uh, and and I have a, I'm not complaining about it. It comes with the territory. I have a passion for doing that. So I love it, but that is one of the sacrifices that comes with coaching. Cool. 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 All right now. Uh, so what do you, what do you recommend? So, you know, you're a coach, you've, you've probably seen a lot of traders come through your, your uh, room there. Uh, what do you recommend for uh, a mum or dad trader out there that's, you know, struggling? They want to have a sort of step-by-step process to get profitable. What do you recommend? Well, first and foremost, I recommend learning the basics. Um, I call it the building the foundation. So just the basic elements of a price chart, you know, you know how candlesticks move, what candlestick patterns are, how does price move, what is support and resistance. Um, obviously, some of the terms can vary depending on what you're focusing on. But I think it's important that you understand how to read a price chart, no matter what type of trader you're going to be, whether you're going to use indicators or not. If you can't understand the basics of a price chart, you're going to kind of be like the old school me where I'm a trend following trader that can't identify a trend. So understanding price is first and foremost. Um, once you understand that, then you can work on the specifics of what type of trader you want to be. Do you want to be a counter trend trader? Do you want to be a trend continuation trader? Do you want to trade structure? Do you want to trade this? Do you want to trade that? And you can start building those pieces on top of that knowledge base. Um, but regardless of what they do, it needs to be rules-based. It needs to be something that is testable, verifiable, and repeatable. So 
everything should be written out in rules, you know, no different than if you were coding something for a computer. So I always say that when you write your trading plan out and you write your rules, you should be able to give it to your grandmother who knows nothing about trading and she should be able to walk through it, right? If this, then that, if this, then that, if this, then that, just like a computer. Um, and then once you have that, you want to go through the testing process, right? Historical data, make sure that what you think is profitable is indeed profitable. And that process will allow you to make any tweaks or adjustments uh, that you may need to, to make. It also allows you to see different things in the market because back testing, you spend a massive amount of time going through charts and you know, trading is a skill. And like any skill, the more you work on it, the better you'll get. So it's amazing how much your eyes are trained after you spend days and weeks and months going through, you know, candlesticks one, one tick at a time. Um, but after you have that rules-based system, um, you know, obviously you want to trading psychology. That's a, a big hurdle that needs to be in check. Um, but assuming you have that and you you should be good to go. And now it's just the learning process and, and dealing with, you know, managing yourself and, nice. and doing what you're supposed to do. And so like thinking back to, to when you, you know, you had that green statement coming through and, and you, you know, you'd, worked all this time to get there, especially in the Forex space. What, what do you think might have made you different from other guys out there that you see struggling at the moment? Well, um, I think I just don't give up. I I think it's my stubbornness, which, which is a double-edged sword. Um, I I just, I didn't give up. Um, I I kept working at it. That's kind of, that's kind of my mentality. I'm I'm a former athlete. um, So I'm used to being coached. I'm used to kind of you fight until the, you know, if you're down a million points, even if there's a second left on the clock, you fight. Um, and that's just my personality. Um, I do think, you know, kind of reflecting on things, I think the sports background, I think the, the working with the children with mental and, and health um, uh, deals, I think that's helped me a lot because working with kids like that requires a lot of discipline. Um, being an athlete requires a lot of discipline. You have to trust a coach. You have to listen to instructions. You have to get yelled at. You have to do what they're, what they tell you to do. And I, I think that worked out well when it comes to me transferring into the market, because I, I have a, I'm very disciplined. Um, I have the ability to be consistent. I, I don't really sway one way or the other emotionally. Wins don't make me happy. Losses don't make me sad. I'm very even keel. Um, and I have the ability to follow orders and it happens to be my orders that I'm following, but I have the ability to do it. Um, so I think as a whole, just looking back on those character traits that were developed, you know, from a young child, um, I think those played a major role in just me being able to do what needs to be done in order to find uh, consistent profitability in the markets. So if you had to, I suppose, take that new trader and, and go, look, hey, uh, here's three things to focus on on a price chart. What would those three things be? Price, price, price. Um, no, um, <laughs> I would, I would say first is structure. Uh, that is the backbone of, of my philosophy, support and resistance, supply and demand, whatever you want to call it, structure. For me, everything in my trading is around structure. Entries are based off structure. Stop losses are based off structure. Targets are based off structure. It is, it is literally the, I can't enter a trade or do analysis about structure. It is the, it is the, I don't want to say hold, nothing's a holy grail, but for me, that is the holy grail. So structure would be first. Um, I would say price action, your, your ability to read a price chart. I, I have a different kind of take when it comes to candlesticks. I like to create like a story against the whole sports thing of, you know, battling between bulls and bears, buyers and sellers and, and who's winning. So I look at candlesticks a little bit differently and I, and I try to create a story that 
relates to me. So if I see a, a candlestick at a, a level of structure and, and it has a wick that's above it, but it closes below it in my mind, it's like, Hey, this team really pushed down the field, but then they got smacked in the face and the other team won. Um, that equals selling pressure. The sellers outbeat the buyers. And that means a lot. So understanding what a candlestick means. And that doesn't mean like there's nothing wrong with the patterns out there, but you don't need to, you know, there was a, there was a point in my career where I, I you know, like, in elementary school, we would, have, we would have spelling tests and I'd have note cards and you try to memorize the words. I did that with candlestick patterns where I look at it like, oh, that's a doji. That's a this, that's a that. I don't think you need to know all those candlestick patterns. I think you just need to know the story that candlesticks tell you. Um, so structure, candlesticks. I need one more for you on a price chart. Um, you mentioned gosh. the RSI before. Is that still something that you're using? Or? Yeah, that, that is, yeah. So the RSI is something I use. That's important to me. Um, I'm not a big indicator person. I don't think there's any magical indicators. Um, I do think indicators can be very helpful for support. Um, so whatever that supportive indicator would be, that, that kind of extra clue, whether it's a MACD, an RSI, whether it's a stochastics, um, whatever it may be for you, I think having kind of something else to support what you see on the price chart, maybe that last little extra clue to tell you, hey, now is the time to enter or now is the time to exit. I guess that would be the third one. That's, yeah, that's a good one. Cool, cool. It's funny, like you mentioned structure is like, you know, potentially the holy grail. It's something that's come up literally in the last, I think, four interviews I've done is is the backbone of everything. Uh, so guys, and it, it's, it only peaked its head in, in my first sort of podcast called 52 Traders ever so slightly. And I think it was obviously completely overlooked because it, it seems that it is one of, one of the key things that people really need to, to grasp to get a great understanding of what the hell is going on on that price chart um right brilliant we're going to jump into actually sorry we've got a couple more questions so before we jump into a quick fire round um thinking about a trader's mindset do you have any special techniques you can share with us around sort of trading psychology uh, process over outcome uh focus on you know don't focus on the results um focus on doing things the right way uh, mike belfiore has a book called one good trade and the title is what it says. You find one good trade at a time, focus on that trade. Once that trade is done, move on to finding the next good trade. And good doesn't mean winner or loser. Good means that you followed your rules, regardless of the outcome. A bad trade is one where you broke your rules, regardless of the outcome. And, and making that shift is, it's, it's tough. Um, it's, <laughs> wish I had a shortcut on how to do it. Um, but it's, it's key. It, it's key. Uh, if there's one thing you recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be? Why and how can they go about mastering it? Um, the foundational elements of reading a price chart, just you know, not focusing on what to trade or how to trade, but just reading a price chart and understanding how it moves, the, the ebbs and flows of it, how structure reacts, what candlesticks look like. Um, and that just involves time in the chart. You know, bring up any asset class, bring up any pair, whatever you want to do, and just scroll through and just look for trends. Like, hey, every time this happens, I notice that that happens. And you'll see that the market repeats itself. It, 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 the market doesn't do too many things different. Um, it just does them in slightly different ways. And if you can find things to pay attention to, it kind of helps you ignore the junk and, and focus on what's very important. Now, here's another question. I, I don't often ask this. So actually, I don't think I've ever asked it. Uh, what do you think the main difference is from a technical point of view around stocks and Forex? And do you think what you know now with Forex, you could apply to stocks and be a better stock trader? Yes, um, I think I'd be a much better stock trader uh, right now. I, I would do a t I would do a different approach. I, I would 
I would still take a fundamental first approach with stocks, uh, meaning that fundamentally I have to believe in the stock that I'm buying. I would take a technical approach as far as when to buy and when to exit, whether it's a stop loss or a target. And um, I have a friend of mine, the one that actually introduced me to Forex, and he, we kind of tag team. He shoots me all these stock ideas, and he knows I'm a technical guy. So he's like, hey, just take a look at the chart and tell me what you think. Um, he's been able to get some very good entries because of that. Um, but I think it's important to understand that the markets have two different personalities. Um, the currency market consolidates. It goes sideways about 70% of the time, where the stock market is probably the opposite. It, it probably trends about 70% of the time. So your approach is going to have to be different. If you're coming to Forex and you, you think you're going to be able to be a trend trader the same way, you're going to be in for a big surprise, where in the stock market it's going to be a lot easier to do that, um, and then vice versa. So I think it's understanding the personality of each market and adjusting and adapting your strategy to take advantage of it. Nice, nice answer. Right, quick fire round. So how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? I'm going to say two years, about two years, a little bit more maybe. What's your favorite entry setup? It is a, a lower low, lower close at structure. Um, so price action, probing a level of structure, getting rejected, and then seeing the, the following candle close below that candle, or obviously vice versa if you're going the opposite direction. What strategies do you use to exit or manage active trades? So I'll do an active trail, uh, active trail for my stops to manage trades, and I'll trail that structure. So as market creates new kind of pullbacks and new extensions, I'll trail my stop loss uh, behind each pullback, hopefully locking in profit or at least reducing my risk on uh, the way down. I don't really move my targets that much. Um, I, I kind of use a method for targets called Think Like the Other Trader, where I, I do a lot of analysis and, and let's say I'm bullish. I, I try to think, hey, if I'm a bearish trader, where do I want to get involved? And I place my target or targets at those levels and they don't get moved. Um, either the market hits it or it doesn't hit it. But I, I trust my analysis. What's your recommended trading book or resource? Can I give three? Three books? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Three books that I think every trader should read. It's going to be Market Wizards. Um, I think it's a great book because it interviews the best traders of all time. And, and two things that you'll find out is, is one, that all of these traders have different methods. So there's no one single way that means you have to, you don't have to do a, a single thing to be a successful trader. You can do many things. It also tells you that all these traders, I think except for one, struggled really poorly. Um, so I know for me personally, it gave a, a big confidence boost to know that the best of all time once struggled really badly to the point where one guy was crying in a, a stairwell because he needed to get money from his mom. And that was big for me because he was worse than I was at the time. So that's good. Um, so that's good. Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas is a great book for trading psychology. Um, also taught me while I was afraid of dogs. And then One Good Trade by Mike Bellafiore is good. I think it's good just kind of emphasizing the process of trading is, is what matters the most. Nice. Nice. Now, what's your preferred broker and trading platform? Um, I use NinjaTrader. Um, that's my preferred platform. I love TradingView as well. Um, I, I was just on Ninja before TradingView was invented, but um, it would be one and, and one, one B uh, for that. Uh, can you walk us through your worst ever trade? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, first and foremost, it was a trade that I wasn't supposed to be in. Um, I was in a live trading room. I was still being mentored by my, my mentor at the time. And at the time he would share some trading ideas. And I remember I had a good two month stretch. I was on fire for two months. I was as hot as could be, probably a little bit overconfident and like I couldn't lose. 
And he shot me this setup. It was on, I think it was the Aussie dollar or Aussie Canada daily chart. And it was at, it was retesting all time highs. He was like, this is one of the trading opportunities of the century. Stop loss is very, very little. Targets are amazing. Um, and I wasn't supposed to be trading them. It wasn't a pair in my portfolio. It wasn't, I don't trade the daily time frame, so I wasn't supposed to be taking trades that big. But because I was hot and I couldn't be stopped, I said, you know what, we're going to take this too. And what happened is I entered a trade and the market went sideways for about two months. And two things happened. Um, I was a swing trading and day trading at the time. And what happened during those two months on a day trading perspective is that I had to have about 10 other signals on that uh probably more than that, 10 other signals on that pair, that would have been profitable. It would have been about 200 pips of profit of taking those signals, but I couldn't because all of my money was locked in in this bigger signal that was just churning up and down. So that sucked. And then the trade ended up losing and the, the, the loss was like five times more than what I was supposed to be taking because I'm not supposed to be trading that big anyway. And it sucked up all of my gains from the prior two months. Um, so it was just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? <sighs> um, don't give up. Um, you can be successful doing this. I know everyone talks about 90% of traders fail, and that's probably a pretty accurate number. Um, but just because that's the number doesn't, doesn't mean that you have to be a part of that 90%. You can be the 10%. Um, but it takes doing things the right way. I think you need to approach trading with the right mindset. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's going to be hard. It's going to take work. It's going to take time. But if you do things the right way and if you do it uh, for the right amount of time with the right amount of effort, you can be successful. And I believe If someone like me can do it, um, trust me, any, anyone can do it. Cool. And the final question of the show, before we jump on a price chart and uh, jump over there to YouTube, what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you? I'm all over social media, um, Akil Stokes, RTM. Uh, I know there are some frauds out there. Be careful. So if anyone ever tries to sell you something or mentions Telegram or WhatsApp, it's not me. Trust me, I don't really reach out to people. I, I respond, but I don't really reach out. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you can find me there. Um, also, www.tier1trading.com. That's the company's website where we teach traders how to trade. Um, feel free to come over and hang out with a great community of uh, successful and uh, aspiring traders. Well, look, a big thank you to you, Akil, for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with all the links, are going to be in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Akil in the search box on tradingnut.com, and that's A-K-I-L. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. Okay, guys, this is just the start, right? So great interview. But head over there to the Trading Nut YouTube channel or tradingnut.com, find Akil in the search box, and you're going to find that video that we shot after the show. And I've got to say, it's an amazing video, step-by-step, breaks down how he trades, and you're going to learn dozens of things in this one video. Now, if you're looking to automate any of that stuff, then you want to get yourself skilled up with automating without coding and that's what I do I teach you how to do that with the robot builders club it's a 21 day course and there's a whole bunch of other stuff I I won't even go into it here but there's a whole bunch of other stuff it also ties into the robot traders club which is where you can get monthly robots and there's a 14 day free trial and you're going to get a robot to play with anyway so folks head over there or at tradingnut.com and then get to the YouTube channel and catch this video it's fantastic make sure you subscribe as well All right, folks, until next time, have a great week.